Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of New Day Bible Study with Susan. Now, each each time I come to you, we're going to take a, a section of scripture, or a chapter of scripture, and just uh, bring it up to current day events. So today we're starting with Exodus chapter 1, and we'll start out by reading all 22 verses, and then let's talk about it and bring it up to today. I'm going to give you a minute to go and get your Bible and turn to Exodus chapter 1. Okay, Exodus chapter 1 says, Now these are the names of the children of Israel which came into Egypt. Every man and his household came with Jacob, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Issachar, Zebulon, and Benjamin, Dan and Naphtali, Gad and Asher. And all the souls that came out of the loins of Jacob were 70 souls, for Joseph was in Egypt already. And Joseph died and all his brethren and all that generation. And the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceeding mighty. And the land was filled with them. Now there arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. And he said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply, and it come to pass that when there falleth out any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us, and so get them up out of the land. Therefore they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens, and they built for Pharaoh treasure cities, Python and Ramesses. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were grieved because of the children of Israel. And the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor. And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage, in mortar and in brick, and in all manner of service in the field. All their service wherein they made them serve was with rigor. And the king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew midwives, of which the name of the one was Shipra, and the name of the other Pua. And he said, When you do this office of a midwife to the Hebrew women, and see them upon the stools, if it be a son, they shall kill him, but if it be a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God, and did not as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the men children alive. And the king of Egypt called out for the midwives and said unto them, Why have ye done this thing, and have saved the men children alive? And the midwives said unto Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women. They are lively and are delivered ere the midwives come in unto them. Therefore God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and waxed very mighty. And it came to pass... When the, because the midwives feared God, that he made them houses. And last verse, And Pharaoh charged all his people, saying, Every son that is born ye shall cast into the river, and every daughter she shall save alive. Ye shall save alive. Amen. That is chapter 1 of Exodus, and I've been uh, really getting into the book of Exodus. Every day I'm trying to just meditate on uh, one portion or one chapter of Exodus, and it's just, I'm telling you, by the time we get further down in this book, it's going to be something else. Amen.
But chapter one, if I was to give it to a title today, I would say faith under pressure. Faith under pressure. And as a subtitle, when good thing, when good turns to bad. Now, how many know that when there's a new king in town, things uh, things change. Now, think about it. If there's a new boss in your office, life can possibly change for you very quickly because there's a new regime in, in power. When we get to chapter one of Exodus, what started out as a wonderful life-changing experience soon changed as we get further into the book of Exodus. When the book of Genesis closed out, Joseph had become second in command in Egypt. And during the famine, Joseph was able to bring his family to Egypt to supply them with food and a new home in a famine. We talked about verses 1 through 7. Jacob and his 11 sons and family members, and the Bible says totaling about 70 people in all, came down to Egypt where Joseph was. The people of that generation died out, but the Israelites were still in Egypt being fruitful, growing quickly, and filling the land. Now, that's a good thing when you look think about that in the life application mode, which I'm going to always teach you. Uh how do we bring this today? When we have a successful life, when things are going good, we're being pros- profitable, not everybody's going to be happy for you. It's the same thing in this scenario. Verses 18, 8 through 14, a new king who didn't know Joseph came to power. He began looking out at the children of Israel and noticed something about them. He noticed how much they were growing. Attempting to stop the growth, he decided to make them slaves and deal with them harshly. And he was fearful that they would join Egypt's enemies and overthrow them. So he put taskmasters over them to oppress the Israelites with forced labor, or what we know today as slavery. They built supply cities for the king called Pithom and Ramesses. But the more they were oppressed, the more they grew. That's that, That's something about God. I mean, the enemy can oppress us. People can oppress us and try to hold us back. But when you're a bona fide child of God, he is always going to bless you, even in the midst of some trying situations. Some of us are in hard, hard spots in life right now with jobs that we're on, where we're being oppressed and held back and looked over. But God's saying, I see everything. And uh, the Bible talks about wealth and growth comes from God. So we as children of God have to know that even though we might be in oppressive situations, just hold on, deliverance is coming. In verses 15 through 16, if that wasn't enough, the king called in two Hebrew midwives named Shipra and Pua and commanded them to commit murder. That's really what he was asking them to do. He said, when the Hebrew women give birth, If that baby's born and you see it's a boy, he said, I want you to kill him. If it's a girl, well, go ahead and let her live. What kind of heart is that? But we're going to hear as the chapters go on and the uh, the episodes go on that this heart, this king's heart was hard. And God knew all about him and all about his heart. Because I mean, you know, the Bible says God looks on the heart, but man may look on the outside how we look, you know. But God said, I'm looking at, God goes straight to the heart of a man or a woman. So in verse 17 through 19, these women feared God. Now that's the beginning of wisdom and knowledge to fear God and to fear him not as we're all scary, but fear him as in terms of we know he's a holy God 
and he's called us to reverence him and respect him and to honor him by living a godly and Christian life these days. So these women feared God. They came up boldly against the, up to a king who demanded this of them, but because they feared God, they reverenced God, they respected God, they wanted to honor God's word, which said, do not murder. They did not do as the king said. And how many know that's a bold stand that they, those ladies took? They let the boys live. The king called them back in and asked them why they were getting letting the boy baby boys live. And the women blamed it on the uh, women in labor saying, they are not like the Egyptian women. That sounded like an insult to me, but it, they said they're not like the Egyptian women because they give birth before the midwife gets there. Some might have said they told the untruth, but I believe uh, God was in the whole thing because in verse 20 and 21, it says God was good to the midwives and because they feared him, they were given families of their own. In spite of the harsh treatment, Israel continued to grow. You see that again? Before oppression came, but the more oppressed they were, the more they grew. And once again, it says Israel continued to grow. The last verse of this chapter one, it says uh, Pharaoh then commanded his own people because the, uh, the Hebrew um, midwives would not cooperate with him. He went ahead and told his own people, start throwing those baby Hebrew boys into the Nile River, but let the girls alive. Can you imagine what that was like? Just people out on the streets grabbing somebody's baby. And is this a boy or a girl? And if it's a boy, throwing it and drowning it in the river. And if it's a girl, just handing it back to the mother. That was a sad time. But we know that the enemies tried and always tried to to uh, stop the plan of God. So what is the life application of today's lesson? What is evident in this chapter is that the enemy tries to oppress and burden us down. He tries to stop us, but God is still looking out over his people and God is still blessing his people in spite of the enemy's tactics. When pressure is placed on us, our faith will grow. I always have picture it as a, they talk about an acorn. It takes that acorn being cracked, first planted and then cracked for growth to appear. And then later in years, you see this big old oak tree, but it started as a tiny little seed. And God reminds us in his word that our faith is like that. He said, if we just have the faith, the size of a mustard seed, we can move mountains. So God wants you to know today when pressure comes upon you, it's an opportunity for your faith to grow. We serve a God that sees and hears all that we go through. It often feels like we are in this all alone and no one knows what we are going through. But guess what, saints? God knows. This chapter makes it clear that God's people can and will prosper in negative situations because God is with us. We are often happy when we start a new job, right? Or get married or move. But sometimes not too far down the road, things can change drastically and we don't feel quite the same. So the children of Israel were happy coming into Egypt. I know it was a joyous trip from where they were to get to Israel to a safe place where there was food and, a, and land that they were able to uh, settle down in. But... 
because they had re and they were happy because they had reconnected with their brother Joseph. Remember, they thought that Joseph had died and that uh, an animal had chewed him up because of his brothers. First, they threw him in a pit and then sold him to some uh, merchantmen. They were going down to Egypt, but that was all part of God's plan to get them to Egypt. But sometimes when we get to that place where we feel like God has brought us, things can change. But does that mean that God left us or that the, the plan changed? No, a lot of times God is working behind the scenes. Sometimes he's got to slow things up so he can work things in and out of us. So in Egypt, Israel was still prospering. But like I said, things weren't so good all of a sudden. They were in slavery. They were being oppressed. They were in bondage and hard labor every day of their existence. So, they were in a place where food was not in shortage, and they were safe. But, Scripture told us in this verse, but after Joseph died, the new king did not know or care what had happened in previous years. He was threatened by the growth and prosperity of these people that were in the midst, and he wanted them gone. Fear often causes one group to put another group into bondage. The midwives are often labeled as liars, but I love that they feared God more than they feared men. They knew what God required of them and wanted to please God at all costs. Their lives were in danger, yet they stood their ground, knowing that God would fight their battles for them. So that is my question to you as we come to a close today. Do you believe that God is in this with you, even though you may be being oppressed and, and you feel like nobody knows what you're going through? I want you to remember God knows what you're going through. And he promises us that the battle is not ours, that he would fight the battle, that we are just to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. When it feels like the world is against us, God wants you to remember, I am with you. I will fight your battles. You just stand still and watch me work. Ultimately, we see what is happening in this chapter as a direct attempt by the enemy to take out the Messiah. The killing of baby boys, uh, that was the devil's attempt to uh, nullify what God said in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. And this is what it says in the Amplified Version. It says, and I will put enmity, open hostility between you and the woman and between your seed, your offspring, and her, capital S, seed. He shall fatally bruise your head, and you shall only bruise his heel. And how many know that was a prediction and a prophecy that God was going to send the Messiah into the world, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So this would not be the only time that the enemy would seek to kill the male child to try and abort the plan of God to save lost humanity. But how many know God's plan cannot be stopped? The scripture says, of God before us, who can be against us? So as I close out today, I invite you to tune in for the next episode of New Day Bible Study with Susan. And let's close in prayer before we close. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word that promises us that even though the enemy might be trying to oppress us in our life, that we still can grow and multiply and do well, Lord, because you are with us and you are for us, God, and you're making a way out of nowhere. You're keeping us in uh, danger, seen and unseen. So, Lord, we thank you for your word today that lets us know that the enemy can't stop the plan that you have for our lives. You said you have a good plan for us, God, 
a plan to prosper us and do good for us. So we thank you for Jesus, Lord. We thank you for this new day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless and tune in for the next episode. See you later.